All right, a uh, little inside baseball here before we play this week's episode, which you'll listen to this message on just about every episode now for the next couple weeks because we are doing a mass audio dump. We have been horrible and neglected the audio side of our podcast fans, and we apologize. And by we, I mean me, Dennis, because Lars and PD and Dimitri and DMAC, they don't do any of this, so this is on me. I apologize. So with that being said, I am uploading a ton of past episodes that we've missed all in once instead of stretching them out. We owe that to you, the fans. We don't ask for much, but listen, if you're on Facebook, please go like the Wrestling Perspective Facebook page. Uh, Twitter, you know, we're, we're, we don't push a lot of our social media. We hope people will want to follow us and want to go over there. And we we would love if you guys searched us. We're on Instagram at Wrestling Perspective Pod. Every little bit helps, and we're very thankful for what you guys do. Here's where I'm going to be a hundred percent truthful and inside baseball-y with you. With Fight Network, and now we just started Twitch. So if you're a Twitch watcher, you can go over and watch the podcast on Twitch. Uh, the audio stuff has taken a backseat, and we want it to move back to the forefront, but we can't do that without your help. So if you're listening to this for the first time, hopefully you enjoy the lineup of the guests. You can go back and listen to some great past episodes as well. And we try to take as many requests as we can for guests, and if they reply, great. But... With this being said, we really need to boost the downloads in order to financially uh, re- make it a a reason why to keep the audio side of things. And I would love to keep it because I started in podcasting with ESPN and that. So please, if you can get your friends to download, help spread the word. I don't care if you're in a Facebook group or you, you only have a couple friends, maybe they might listen. Just tell a friend. That's all we really ask. We have a pro wrestling tea store that we don't really hawk. We are not asking anybody for money. Uh, we never really ask you guys to subscribe to the show, download rate anymore. And we're just hoping that uh, you guys help will help us grow this fan base. It's been a slow-growing fan base, which is a head-scratcher to me because I feel like we put out one of the best products in the world. But please, that's all we're asking is help this community grow. We'll never ask you for a dime. We'll never charge you for a podcast. Uh, everything comes out of our pockets to keep the show going. And But in return, we're just asking if you could help grow our community so we can grow the talent, the guests. We have some pretty interesting guests coming up as you will see on some of these podcasts but we really appreciate each and every one of you and all of our dms are open so if you ever want a shout out on the podcast we are more than happy to give you one you just dm us email us reach out to us and if we get it in a timely fashion we'll get it on the newest show possible but we don't charge we want you to feel like you're part of the show in a community so we appreciate everything you guys do thank you so much and uh, enjoy every episode that we're about to mass dump
It is the only wrestling podcast on earth hosted by the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who helped bring in punk rock music into the 80s and 90s. From the band Rancid, he's Lars Fredrickson. I, I was like in my teens still in the 80s, Dennis. I mean, just take the credit. Just take the credit and let me in run the 60s. It, right? In the from the 1950s till now, 16 decades of punk rock, Mr. Lars Fredrickson. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. He is a two-time exhibition champion, the creator of Canadian Destroyer and one of only three members of the voting club of who can use the Canadian Destroyer. It's Petey Williams, myself, Dennis Farrell, and the third member of the voting group. She doesn't even know she gets a vote now, Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green, welcome to the club. Thanks for having me, guys. Chelsea, it's been a while since the last time we talked and you got, we didn't even tell you, you get a vote on who can use a Canadian Destroyer but uh welcome to the club you get a vote and pd we've talked about this off here mm -hmm. should we invite lars frederickson into this club who can vote to get a canadian destroyer well it, you know it's 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 tough uh when it's you have an honor. even number of vote i mean i want to all right when you have an even number of vote though it could be two and two you know 50 percent. and then we need a deciding vote i really wish dimitri was here too he could be that deciding vote but uh yeah, Lars, hell, yeah, it's all for, you know, it's really serious, so I mean, you know. Club, Lars. Well, you know, I'll practice the fucking thing on my nine-year-old if that gives me more. It helps. Okay. You're going to be okay. I mean, I figured they're they're rubbery still at that time, so maybe you'll bounce back yeah. quicker. That's actually very true. Good point. Kelsey, uh, first of all, welcome back home to the, Can the Canadian Destroyer podcast, the Wrestling Perspective podcast. It's been a while since you were here, and I got to tell you, first of all, thank you so much. We saw an interview that you did when you were under contract with the WWE. You actually gave Petey Williams credit for giving you a vote and letting you use a Canadian Destroyer. That's something that nobody under contract with the North has ever done, so thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I feel like you got to give credit where credit is due, and I was given it, given, you know, the you're allowed to do it. So, I mean, you know, I can't, I, I can't just be going off pretending it's, I invented it now. <laughs> you're still, oh, cause that's, that's my gig. I pretend I invented it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you're still the only person PD has given the okay to use it. Now as the four members now who can say who can use the Canadian destroyer, Chelsea, I want to put you on the spot. Is there one person you think should be able to use it since you were the first member. Maybe she should be the first person to suggest another member into the group. I know a lot of pressure, Chelsea. Yeah, that's tough because really I haven't seen anyone do it as well as me. So <laughs> it is tough. I, I know. I don't know. I got to think about that. You have to give me more time. Let me think about this because this is an elite club. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe we should circle back to this. Uh, you know, I mean, we we don't want to start her off with like a big stumper question right off the bat. So, Dennis, what? You know, let's, let's lob a softball and then uh, you know we'll go from there. All right, hey, give, let's start up to hit a home run, then we come back. You know, what yeah. I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. It was double or nothing where you did the Canadian Destroyer, which put you on the elite map of only two people that can use it: Petey Williams and you. Uh, I 
I tagged you in a tweet. You blocked me. We came back and you <laughs> blocked me. You came on the podcast. We became best friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, it, it's still part of the story, right? No, but that's so true. That's actually the, there. There's no lie in what you just said. Right. You were like, oh, he's a, he's snitch tweeting me. Yeah. That's what I thought. And, and it wasn't because I was like, holy cow, what a Canadian destroyer tag him. And you, we all became best friends at the end of the podcast. So let's walk back to the very beginning, because I think when you came on the podcast the first time, we didn't really talk about what led you into doing the Canadian destroyer on double or nothing. Are all in. Oh man. Well, so going into that, that match, like truly that's all I wanted to get in. And I did tell the girls that, and like, that was like, we, we all wrote lists of things. I don't know how deep we want to get into this, but we wrote the list of things that, you know, in, in those, you know, maybe we were only going to get 10 minutes. It, it might've been a little less, it might've been a little more. And I just said like that, that's, that's like the one thing that I really want to do. The one thing that I know I can do well. And like, that's going to come off really well. And I'm just not really a, a move kind of gal. Like I just never have been, I, I don't do like anything super crazy. Um, but the girls respected that I wanted to do that. We got everybody's stuff in and I just felt like that was the perfect move because we didn't know who was going to win either until the very last minute. So like maybe like an hour or two before the match we found out. And like, by that point we had just like come up with everything. So that was the finishing move. Like it doesn't get any higher than a Canadian destroyer. And I also kind of knew that like selfishly, I knew that had to be either the finish or right before the finish. And I just feel like, I think I got it totally right. Like, I think I hit the nail on the head. There was no higher point in that match. And everybody stood up after that Canadian destroyer. It's like still like, the best thing I've ever done in my career was like that moment. Oh, come on, the best thing. I'm <laughs> telling you, that was way better than my 14 seconds in the Royal Rumble. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> well, I, hey, so uh, speaking of which, you know, 14 seconds in the Royal Rumble and like, it, it man, you, you just go through like your ups and downs, like you were going to get called up and then didn't and then, you know, broke this, broke that, all that kind of stuff. Do you feel that you even like, even scratch the surface or no i should say even scratch the scratch of the surface with what you were you know wanted to do up in wwe nxt no i really didn't because i didn't get to show any side of me you guys didn't see my character side that i love you guys didn't see my athletic side that i train every day for you didn't see my wrestling side like you truly didn't see any side and then when i got to have a few like you know what three to five minute matches on NXT TV. They were cut so short and they were cut in the ring that I had to take out all the things that a heel does. And so like, I just really feel like what, what I thrive at is character and, and my personality and acting and things like that. And I just didn't show any of it. And I, and I know that that's why I got called up because they know that that's what I could do. But I guess the confusion comes in where it's like, but then why didn't I get to show it? Yeah. Right? Yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, you've been everywhere, it seems. You've spent a lot of time in a lot of different companies. And I guess the question is, and I'm pretty sure you get asked a lot, uh, uh, so much more now, where are you going to go? And, and how would you make your decision? Well, I mean, I, okay, you so don't have to answer where you're going to go. I'm just thinking like, well, 
you've been to a lot of these companies there it's a, such a different wrestling world now i mean and and do you go like where most of some of your friends are do you go with uh how do you make that decision i mean you're gonna end up someplace we all know that and and because you obviously have a lot to express so I, i'm not trying to get dirt i'm just trying to figure out how you're thinking about it no totally and and so i think right when i was released and I, I think I've been thinking the same way since the minute I got released, which is don't do the obvious thing, like surprise people. I think everyone is making like the obvious choices right now. And for me, maybe the not so obvious choice is to not sign right away and to go and do the things I didn't get to do before I was signed, which look, I, I was a champion at impact, but there's so much more I can do at impact. I did all in and you guys know that I have those connections, but maybe I don't sign there and I, I just do some matches, but also there's ring of honor that I never even got to go to. And that's like one huge place that was on my bucket list. And I really wanted to go and wrestle there before I was signed. And I didn't get to, I'm one of those people, like I make a list in my head of the things I want to do and I just need to do it. And now I'm able to go back and revisit those things. So on my list before I signed was, hitting ring of honor, getting to AAA um, in Mexico, possibly going back to Japan and doing something with like a little more steam behind it, you know, like go for a title or something like that. And now I feel like I'm in this per perfect position. You know, I, I am in a position of power where I get to choose what I do. And so I want to hit before I sign anywhere, I really want to hit all those places. So I don't necessarily know that you're going to see me sign anywhere. I mean, I can't say it won't happen, but like right now in my heart, I really just want to like kind of do what Cody Rhodes did when he first left WWE and, and try to work the best people at every promotion and see where I fit in. That's great. You are, you are the greatest wrestler under your household. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's your pets. There might be some action figures. There's a kitchen appliances and maybe Macrodona. <laughs> you have a lot of power. And by the way, Matt, if you ever on this podcast, we kid. Uh, <laughs> you now have three episodes into one of my favorite podcasts already because I know you. And I can say this is great. The 50 Shades of Green podcast, which, by the way, congratulations on jumping in to get a crowded podcast space. Yet another wrestler doing a podcast. PD Williams. Oh my here. gosh. I tell I, me about that now. I, I, right. So I guess my question is hottest free agent, best wrestler under the, under your household, uh, you, the appliances, the pets, the action figures, the, by the way, great video. I really enjoyed watching you bring in all the Amazon prime stuff from your, <laughs> your, your, your mates, spending problems so <laughs> how do you continuously remind matt cordova matt cordova you're better than him <laughs> okay well first of all matt cardona yep there we go yeah i saw i saw pd mouthing it down there yeah, um, Top two. um basically no i mean i mean i don't have to remind him he knows he's blessed He's very blessed to have me. I feel like if he was on here, he'd see that he'd say the same thing in reverse that I'm blessed to have him. Yep. <laughs> no. So tell, hey, tell us about the podcast though. That's, that's what I want to, that, that's pretty much what Dennis was saying. Like, 
you know, how'd you come up with that idea? And like, what, what direction do you see that going? So really I've, I've wanted to do a podcast for a while. I just didn't know what I wanted to do it about. And, um, I was kind of just being a little bit of a baby. I just wasn't jumping headfirst into it because my safety net was WWE. And when I lost that safety net, I was like, Oh shit. Like, you know, okay. It's, it's time to go and do things that I was too afraid to do in these past few years. And, and I, I was really too afraid to ruffle any feathers at WWE. And I had, to, I have so much to say, like everyone at, at WWE and NXT and impact knows, like, I can't keep my mouth shut. I'm always like saying too much, like talking, telling everybody stories about my business, my life, Matt and I. So I was just like, well, now's the perfect time. And I have so many stories in my head, even just from this release that I know I have like three episodes. So I, I literally just said, Matt, go on Amazon and show me like what things I need. I pressed order, order, order. I got them the next day and he showed me how to, you know, record. And I just jumped into it and, and tried. And it's totally like, if I fail, I fail, but at least I, I keep trying and every week it's going to get better and better, I think. And it'll turn into something if I continue to do it, I know that'll be successful. I'm just, I just have to get into the groove of things and, and figure out like what I'm truly talking for <laughs> right now. I'm just talking and I love it. So speaking of talking and, you know, you brought up Matt and all that, and obviously it's no secret that you guys are, are you guys married yet? Or are you guys just engaged? No, we were supposed to get married New Year's Eve right. and COVID. But, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Spoiler well, so alert. Every, yeah. I'm done. Everybody I'm knows. Away. What I want to know is you know, I, I've never, you know, been in a relationship with somebody that's, you know, in, in the wrestling business and, and all that. But do you guys like, is it constantly wrestling at your house? Do you guys only talk about wrestling? Do you guys sometimes talk about wrestling? Do you guys, what, what's the wrestling flow in your house? Are you guys just like, nope, we check it at the door and we're, you know, Matt and so, Chelsea. Okay. That's like, I love that you asked that question because like, so many people ask me that. That's the funny thing. Nobody on podcasts ever asked me, but like, like my personal non-wrestling friends always ask me and we based, I would say, so we've been together for over four years now. We based the first, like, I would say two to three years of our relationship off of zero wrestling. We didn't, we never talked about it on our dates. I pretended like he did not, he was not a wrestler and he did the same. He never mentioned like the hot mess or anything like I think I turned into the hot mess right after our first date. I know he watched. I know people commented and, and like made fun of him, but he never mentioned anything. And then I would say the we started talking about wrestling a little more when it started affecting my mental health, which was in NXT. And it, that's kind of like a, a downer, but like I think that's when I started to come to him more for just like business stuff. You know, he's just been doing this for so long. And especially in WWE. So he, I knew he had been through what I was going through, if not worse. So that's when we started to talk about wrestling and then it kind of snowballed. I, I say this like very lightly, it snowballed into more wrestling talk, but not really. I would say like maybe 10 to 20% of our life is about wrestling and the rest is just not wrestling. We do not get in the ring together. We've tried that twice and he nearly frigging killed me. Never again. Oh my God. He's like the stiffest person in the world. I'm sorry to anyone who has to work him. So really, really, we, we do not, we do not really talk wrestling. We talk about everything else. Four years, seven months, 
32 hours and 22 seconds, by the way, is what YouTube been going out with. <laughs> Lars? Well, you know, I was just going to say, because, I mean, just because of the lifestyle, being able to come home to somebody that understands what you're going through, that's got to, you know, that can either really make or break a relationship. Um, but it sounds to me like if you have somebody who's understand, has a, has a, a wealth of understanding of what you're doing, it might help you actually become closer at the end of the day. Has that been your experience? I think if you, I think because I respect his journey, I respect how long he has been doing this. Like, I know that when he gives me advice, it's for my own good. And 99.9% .9 of the time, it's because he's already been there. He's already experienced that issue or whatever it is. And he's trying to make sure that he guides me in the right direction because he probably took the wrong one. And that's, what's really nice is, is I don't, I really don't think I said I would never date a wrestler. And now I don't really know as a female in this business, being fired and rehired every couple of years, how I would date a normal person. They just wouldn't get this. Yeah. It's yeah, because I mean, I've, I've never dated a, a, a musician. Like, I just refuse to because I know how many problems I have, and I would never want to bring more problems <laughs> in my home because, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I don't know. It just, it, it maybe, and I'm, I'm happy I've never gone that, down that route, but for some reason, wrestlers make that make sense. It, it really does. It's, it's you know, it's a, it's a lot like musicians where the road schedule is really hard, of course, but then there's something else to it. There's the, the politics of it and like the, the weird kind of knockoff Hollywood vibe of it all too is, is really strange. Like, and just people don't relate because your regular friends put you on a pedestal like you're a celebrity and then like you're actually not and you're probably like really struggling and trying to make ends meet and things like that and only someone in the wrestling world knows that we are just all trying to fake it until we make it yep. speaking <laughs> of that you've talked many times on different podcasts about your your nxt journey to where you are now but let me ask you i guess the side question is when the hammer came down did you feel comfortable did you feel confident that hey things are going to be all right. And I guess that's a question nobody really asks because when you ask a wrestler who just had the hammer come down on them, there's a lot of panic and unsurety, but you're somebody who has wherever they've gone, left a mark, have been successful. When that hammer came down, did you immediately go, I'm all right. I'm going to be all right. Yeah. Surprisingly I, I did. And I'm sure being with Matt really helped seeing him go through it one year earlier probably helped. But also I kind of felt like I just left the Indies. Like I just was impact champion. I just was main eventing Lucha Underground. I was just on all in. This wasn't five years ago. You know, I never, I never lost that indie buzz. I just kind of like let it die down a little bit when it really should have been, I should have been getting more buzz. So like, when, when I first got that call, I was upset, but like, I didn't cry. I didn't have any of these like emotions that I thought I would have. I just kind of went into like business mode. Let's go put my booking email out there and let's do this because all my contacts I still have in my phone. So I was able to just text them again, you know, like Scott Demore hasn't gone anywhere at impact. Like that, that's still a personal connection of mine. The young bucks are still a personal connection of mine. Maria Canellis at ring of honor, still a friend of mine. So I wasn't 
too deep in that WWE hole to not be able to bring myself out. You know what I mean? Let me jump in, guys. Before you jump in, let me say one thing about her that I've noticed. When anybody gets uh, the 90-day no-compete and, uh, hey, good luck in your future endeavors, they disappear for 90 days. You are one of the only people I really could say uh, didn't disappear but have gone and hit the road and have done everything they possibly can to get your names out there. So what was it? And I'm sorry, guys, I'm asking two questions. I apologize. <laughs> what was it about your way of thinking compared to anybody else's who have been non-competed where they just disappear for their 90 days and you don't hear from them where you've done everything opposite of that? I guess I'm wondering what everybody else is thinking. And I actually had this conversation with Matt. I said, I wonder if they're all sitting thinking I'm the dumb one. Well, I'm sitting here thinking that they're the dumb ones. Like, what are they thinking? I don't know. But all I know is that this is what's going to work for me. And if they want to sit there and, and, you know, collect the paycheck and be cool with that, like, that's great. But like, I'm just trying to think of my next moves. And like, I don't want 90 days to go by. And for all that I've done in 90 days is put my feet up and, and collect a paycheck. Like, I want to hit the ground running on July 14th. And so I need... I needed to make that happen now. And I kind of, that's the way I felt with starting the podcast. Like, let's get it started now so that when I am busy after July 14th, it's just a habit and a routine and all these things. And there's so many other things behind the scenes that I'm getting going. I'm, I'm starting to um, train for like a WBFF competition. I'm trying to make connections in the barstool sports world. I'm trying to get on Playboy, like all these things that like people aren't seeing that I'm just like, what are they doing? Or maybe they are doing that. And we just don't know. I, I don't know. But I feel I've got the most buzz in these in these past two weeks than I have in almost two years, which is really sad. But it's just the way it is. Do you think that and this wasn't my question, but I, I just I just wonder if everybody that was released realizes that that 90 days no compete clause just means it doesn't mean you can't negotiate with other companies for 90 days. It just means, Hey, you can't sign with somebody for 90 days. Do, does everybody realize that? But I don't think that they do. And okay. they, yeah, I don't think that they do. If they do, they're just doing it slyly. And maybe they're, maybe they're just sliding under the radar and then it's going to be a bigger surprise when they come out. But like, that's just not my goal. My goal is to keep my buzz here and, and just keep growing. Okay. Well, so my, my question for, for real now, I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, so yeah, I, I've been released from impact before and you know, it was heartbreaking for me. Like it, it was, watch I, it I don't want to go back. Online. Yeah. Um, but so how, like they explained to me why they released me and stuff like that. Did they explain to you, like, you know, when you got the call, like, yeah, this is why we're doing it. Or like, was it the basic, like, yeah, we just got nothing for you or like, Hey, we're just making budget cuts. Like, did yeah, you see there, it coming? There was absolutely. There was no, I don't know why I got released. I still like, I would say maybe once a week I question. I'm like, I wonder why. Like, I wonder if I could just ask someone if there was like something I did wrong or what. Mm. And I totally, in all honesty, did not see it coming. If Matt had not given me a 10 minute warning, he gave me a phone call and said, just so you know, they're making cuts. I'm not joking. I would have thought that that was my call to re-debut. Like it was not at all on my radar that that could have even happened because I hadn't been given my chance yet to, 
to show them whether I could go or couldn't go. Well, I get, you know, just to get, bring it back to this uh, non-compete clause and the culture that surrounds that company. And do you think there's an, uh, like, are people scared? Do you think, is that what makes their, you know, decision to maybe kick their feet up and relax a little bit? Do you think? Well, definitely. I think honestly, it's a little bit of, they're scared, but I think that sometimes we forget how much money these people, people are getting. And, and if they break that non-compete clause, they're not collecting that money. If you've been used to making half a million dollars and all of a sudden that goes from those, you know, weekly paychecks to nothing, that's really scary. I wasn't, I wasn't there yet. I wasn't at that place. So that wasn't a thought for me, but I can understand how it would be, you know? Yeah. But you just think with the modern day wrestling where there are so many companies that are getting exposure and everything um, you would just, I don't know. I think that part of the culture that's going to, that's going to help change what's happening up there and all the horror stories or whatever it is. Oh, hi kitty. Um, <laughs> do you think that because of this new era of wrestling, it's going to change the culture up there just from your experience? I do. I, and I think that it has in the past, like, I think since all in, I think things are starting to change because for so many different reasons, I mean, we all want to think and say that, you know, we always had impact and stuff, but AEW really changed things for everyone. It really made every wrestler feel like, oh man, we, we don't just have impact now. We don't just have ring of honor. We have AEW too. And right now, you know, WWE is, is, potentially scared of these people going to AEW. And that's, I think it's great for the business. I think competition is the best thing ever. When I heard that, um, I think it was rebellion got so like did amazing. I'm like, yes, this is exactly what we need. This is a, this is what we need for all the wrestlers to be able to negotiate their contracts properly, to be able to make the most or, or like gender equality, like for things like that, like, I honestly think that this is the best thing in the wrestling world is just having all this competition out there. Chelsea, I feel like we're BFFs, best friend forever. And I'm not a tinfoil hat guy, but amongst the wrestling communities, you have a lot of the impact fans that put on their, their tinfoil hats and say, well, a lot of the reason why some wrestlers don't make it is because they became successful in another company and went to WWE and they hired them to keep them down or they're not a WWE made talent. Do you feel being someone that has been successful on the indies, successful in Impact, gone to NXT, that maybe that statement is true or false? It's, it's really hard to say because I don't feel like there's any rhyme or reason for why people succeed or don't succeed in WWE. Do I think that that happened to me? Yeah, a little bit. Like, do I think I was maybe stifled or, or maybe just not kind of, I wasn't able to spread my wings a little bit, but I don't necessarily think that's the case for every person that comes in there. There has been quite a few of us that have had that, you know, happen, but then look at Bobby Lashley. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, look at some people like that, or even just like some people on the indies that you would have never even thought could be this big of a star, like Ruby Riot, and she's just like the best thing ever. 
You know what I mean? So it's so, it's really, really hard to try to figure out their formula. And unfortunately there is no formula and they're changing it constantly. Every single day they're deciding, you know, this person, we're going to send this person to the top or this, you know, and, and that's why it's really hard to keep up with what they want there and what you need to give them or, or show them. And that's what I really struggled with. So let's talk about your, uh, your, your character, like at least back in impact, the Laurel Van Ness one, um, who did you, I mean, I think everybody's excited to see that return. I mean, you're already hinting at it and stuff like that with your hot mess podcast and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I don't like, like you said, I don't think you're the one that's gonna be like, yeah, I'm just going to go to impact. Cause you want to keep everybody guessing and you know, you want to do your bucket list and all that kind of stuff. Um, but did you come up with that character or like, was that somebody else's brainchild and impact? Like what? So it was, it started out as Dutch's. Dutch I, Mantel? Yeah. So I had, he's the best. I had, wow. um, I had my wedding and I legitimately got drunk because they gave me real champagne. So I had had like a bottle, we had like a 20 minute segment and I got dumped in the first five minutes. I had 15 minutes. I drank like a bottle and a half. You can see me go through the whole bottle and then Mike Bennett passes me another one. So when I came to the back, I was legitimately drunk and they said like, can you just quickly do um, a pre-tape for next week? And uh, I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And I'm like sitting in the makeup room, like Dutch, what do you want me to do? Like, I want to go home. I'm drunk. Like, and, and he was like, okay, we'll smear your makeup. And every time that I smeared it, he was like, just smear it more, smear it more, smear it more. And then he's like, okay, now I'm like, ah. so I smeared it. There you go, Dutch, are you happy? What do you want me to do? He said, I don't know, sing something. So I sang, I think I sang the sun will come out tomorrow. Okay. Or something, something like that. I think it was the sun will come out tomorrow. And um, we never thought about it again. It aired like, you know, what, four or five weeks later and like blew up. And when I came back to tapings, I said, guys, I can't lose the dress. Like I got to stay in this dress. So that was hilarious. And, and the amount of feedback I got on Twitter was more than I had ever got before. Like equally as, as much as I had got from the wedding. And um, they were like, yeah, yeah, I think we're going to keep you in the dress. And so then it was my brainchild and I just ran with it. And every time that someone came up to me and suggested something, I did it. I just tried it for fun. Like people would come up to me maybe like three or four times uh, a day at tapings and tell me something that they saw at the bar that weekend from a drunk girl and say it reminded me of yeah. a hot mess. And I would do it. And that's how I ended up cutting my dress shorter. I ended up... Um, uh, beating people with my shoes because someone said they saw a girl do that at the bar. Like so many things, everything I did was all the, all the people's yeah. idea and they just don't know. That, that reminds me of like, uh, I mean, I don't know if you're hip with watching impact or whatever. We were just talking about this on uh, our previous podcast where when you have a character like that, like Johnny Swinger at Swinger's palace, his character is just like, a, a real like stereotypical eighties type wrestler with all his lingo and all that kind of stuff. And all the boys just feed him lines and like <laughs> ideas and stuff. And the same thing with yours, like all the boys are, you know, girls too, whatever, like all the talent, they just feed you lines of like, Hey, do this. And it, the character just makes itself and you can put your own spin on it. So 
I don't want to say it's easy because you know it's like method acting for you, but, but it like is. it's it's super. Is it that easy for it, you to do? Because you're like, oh, I got so many ideas now. It truly is, and and I think everyone would agree with me when I say that the minute I put on my makeup, I was the hot mess. Like I didn't get out of it. Like people would be laughing all day whether I was walking to the bathroom or eating or, you know, practice, practicing something at the ring because everything just looked so ridiculous in that makeup and that outfit. And it kind of just fed the hot mess. And it was so, it's so easy when you throw yourself 110% into something and you're not embarrassed or you're not overthinking. I think like I was so naive when I was the hot mess and that's what made it so perfect. I never, I never once watched myself. I've never watched the hot mess, like do matches. I've never watched the hot mess promos that like people talk to me about, like, I know what they are, but I've never watched them because I don't want to get in my head about it. Like they, they never told me what to say. And I never wrote down a single script and they just said, okay, action. And then I did something and it was funny. (laughs) Well, I got two questions. One, one, one regarding this, they say that every great performer has something whatever they're portraying in them. So how much of you is legit hot mess? Well, that's funny because my dad, so everybody used to say that to me at the dinner table. And my dad always says like, no, that's really you. And like, when I get angry, that's me as well. I'm going to pretend it's not, but my dad says it's me. Well, fair enough. Well, you know, something that struck me that you were saying, and it was about looking out for, you know, the women also, and we, you know, I know that there's been a few attempts at uh, a wrestling union. And why isn't this new generation? Because now that you have all these different promotions, and I understand that they're independent contractors, but um, why isn't anybody pushing for that, for better working conditions or whatever it may be? I think uh, it's just like, honestly, it's still kind of Hollywood in general is kind of just a culture based off of fear a little bit, isn't it? Like everyone's really afraid for their job and it takes a really strong person to stand up and say something, but then that person has to be backed by the majority. And that's the tough part is like, especially in wrestling, people have such differing opinions. They really do. And so it's so hard to get everyone on one page, but I do feel like, we're moving in that direction. We are moving in that positive direction. And with, with all these companies working together as well and, and doors opening for wrestlers to go from here to there, I really think that that could be a, a possibility in the next 10 years. I don't think it's a possibility in the next two years, but I think that it's going in that positive direction, but people are scared, man. Like, well, yeah, I just, I don't get it. This, the actors have a guild and a, and a, and a union. Musicians have it. Uh, professional sports athletes have it. This is like the one place where you have all three of those things, actors, sportsmanship, and even musicians in a sense, because, you know, you got sing it, song and dance as we've seen on uh, in the last year. So I'm just kind of just curious, like, you know, your take as far as like, is this something we're going to see in the future, like where you're at? Because really you, have, so. yeah. you almost have like a bidding war for you. You're like you're like the hot band, the hot new kid band, and all the labels are coming after them. Yeah. And you get to go and say, oh, you know what? I'm going to go have dinner at Capitol Records tonight. And then tomorrow I'm going to go talk to people at Warner. And then I'm going to go over here. And it's kind of like an amazing, because I've been there. 
So I understand what that's all about. And it's like how you can kind of just kind of jump in. Well, I won't use that term. I was going to say something, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I knew I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I, I'm a decent man. But anyways, uh, but yeah, so you can go out and experiment. Right. So so I mean, you know, that's that's a good place for you to be. And if you had a union, then you could do that. You could go from one place to the next. And it's, as opposed to signing you know, a long-term contract, you can do it like the old territory days. I think that's how a union could work, you know? Yeah, totally. And I do agree with you. It's funny because it's also kind of the wild, wild west in wrestling because, you know, we have these contracts that say we're independent contractors, but then in the same contract, you're basically owned and you give up everything. So how can we have to show up for work and be fine if we don't but also be independent contractors like that doesn't make sense and if a if a real lawyer looks at those contracts that we sign they absolutely tell us not to sign it and they say this is the most ridiculous like contradictory legal binding piece of paper that you're ever going to sign and yet we do Right. You know what I mean? And it and it hasn't changed. So that's the weird thing too. It's just like we're in this like strange no rules land. <laughs> I got two questions and I'm battling back and forth, but I'll go with the first one. There are two members of this podcast who are allowed to do the Canadian Destroyer and there are two other members who are allowed to judge on it. Between <laughs> We're all friends here. You get the okay to do the Canadian Destroyer. Do you silently judge when you see other Canadian destroyers, whether it's YouTube or indie shows? Come on, tell me, tell me, you yes. silently judge it. Uh, absolutely, I judge it. Yes, of course, I judge it. I, but I just love, I just love judging wrestling in general. Yeah, we we just care about the Canadian destroyer. Okay, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, <laughs> absolutely then. Because there's only four people on Earth, and somehow we're all here on Earth, right here <laughs> on this podcast that now have a say i'm sorry dimitri and darren mccarty you guys are here you're not in this club now there's four of us four people now who can say hey your canadian destroyer sucks you shouldn't do it we're all here right now let me let me just piggyback off you real fast dennis bad bunny let's go (laughs) okay Okay. time out time out time out one to ten you got to be honest, because I'll know if you're lying. I got a bullshit detector that's so big. Go ahead. You kick it off. And then we're, I want to hear from Petey, too. I really was impressed. I was really, really impressed. Like, okay, so I'll give you a little a little behind-the-scenes scoop. When I was getting my – when I was coming back, like, with my broken arm, um, I was getting in the ring all the time, and he was always in the ring. So I have, like, mad respect for him because he trained – so long before you guys saw him do anything and then for him to like hit some of the things he hit and it like I was really impressed so I'm not gonna lie I'm gonna give him like a nine out of ten only because he didn't get you know a pd williams <laughs> um well you know uh fun fact he was 10 years old when he probably first saw me do the canadian destroyer <laughs> um so <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to rank it high and this is why. So I start off at 10 and then I deduct points. All right. So I, I give everybody a 10, you know, and you, it's, it's your points to lose. So first off, it was on the floor. Good to him. That hurts the ass, right? The tailbone. So good. I, I give it to the bad bunny. Um, you know, it helps that he had John Morrison who I've given the Canadian destroyer to, and he takes it phenomenally, just great athlete. And you know, he could carry anybody in the ring. Yeah. Um, well the execution though, like he didn't, 
he didn't hook the hands. Like he, it seems like he didn't know what he was doing. Like a pile driver, right? You, you hook. And then when you flip over and you force him down, like the head between your legs, right? He, he, they were just like, he was just kind of holding his love handles. Just like, <laughs> you know, so that's where his, I'm going to knock off two points for that just because of the execution. Okay. I agree so with that. Eight out of 10. I mean, does John Morrison really have love handles? Come on, bro. That Where his be- love handles should be or will be he probably like 20 years. His side ab thing. Yeah, his side, his obliques, we'll call yeah. it. Right? But just make sure we can all agree it wasn't a Snoop Dogg top rope. Top rope. Oh, no, no, that was no, like, no. Uh, Yeah, it was not a That flop. was a 10. You know, that was up there. 10. Dennis, please continue. I'm going <laughs> to give him a nine here, guys. And here's why. And it's not just Canadian Destroyer, but it's everything that led up to it. Uh, the first... 30 to 40 seconds, maybe even five minutes into the match, I was impressed. He sold. He made it look good. I was, I thought this was going to be a bathroom break match. And then when he hit it on the ropes, outside the ropes, out of nowhere, I was impressed. It was fast. It was smooth. I had to give him a nine for a guy that probably has never done it. From a guy who's taken a Canadian Destroyer from PD Williams in a pool on a cloudy day, I can say... <laughs> I can give him a nine because I was like that anybody else would have dicked it up. He didn't dick it up. So well, did, Petey I agree. Grab, did Petey grab your love handles is what I want to know. Drove him down into the water. <laughs> uh, yes, he did. Then you have another question, Dennis. I'm sorry to cut you off. And my other question, which I probably forgot. So I'm going to delegate back to Lars here for a second because I got to read. It might be Petey's turn. So let's get No, so uh, (laughs) we got this forbidden door open now. You already mentioned like going to, you know, multiple companies or whatever and think of all the matches and stuff. So what I want to know is, you know, do you have uh, dream matches? I I know you may have wrestled uh, most of these ladies before, but, you know, not on maybe the the big, you know, stage. Do you have any dream matches that you want to see or people, you you know, you want to get in the ring with and, you know, do your thing? Um, so, I mean, definitely, uh, Kellyanne at ring of honor. I don't actually believe that she's even been able to be at ring of honor because she's Australian and they can't get in. So when, when she can get in, she's such an amazing underrated talent and people just don't know of her yet. And it blows my mind because she's been so good for so long. So I want to wrestle her, um, and sue me at ring of honor. That'd be awesome. And then I would love to wrestle, um, Sheeta and of course, Britt Baker at um, AEW in front of a crowd. That would be great. And then, um, uh, I mean, of course, Deanna Perrazzo at Impact. And then I've never wrestled Jordan Grace. And I, I, I was really, thinking that. Yeah. oh man, she's so good. And I've just been dying. To, I can't believe we've never touched on the indies or maybe in like some sort of four-way match, but I, not that I even can recall because now I have wrestler brain, but like, there's just so many good girls, but those are the six that I'm dying to wrestle in each company. When it, when it comes to, and uh, I could see all those, you know, get in the ring with them. Now, when I look at your character and I see the hot mess, I'd like to see this would just be very interesting to me. I want to see your, your hot mess character against, Sue Young. I think oh, that I knew would, you were gonna that say would blow that. my mind. I knew you were going to say it? that. You knew it? Okay. I totally knew because I feel like that is not the per- first person that said that to me. And we have been like ships in the night. We've always just been like, we've never actually met. 
And so if, uh, if I want to impact, then that would be definitely something that could happen. And it would, it would be very, and a very interesting match to watch because it, it would be, um, you know, creepy. And then also a little bit of comic relief. Yeah. And I, I, I wouldn't even know what to expect me. I, it would blow my mind. That's all. <laughs> well, knowing that no matter where, you, wherever you go and you have a place to land, so to speak, and it seems like that creative freedom is there now so much more than it ever has been. I mean, you, you obviously have, have got the hot mess thing and everything else, but creatively now you're kind of, you can be at a place where you can do just about anything, right? How important do you think that is to your craft? I mean, that means everything to me right now because leaving WWE and not being able to showcase that in a way I wanted to, it, it was a really tough two years. And so now above money or above long, like, the length of a contract in a company, I really just need creative freedom. Um, especially because, you know, because again, I was so naive when I was at impact, I just didn't realize how lucky I was to have that creative freedom. And then when I had that taken away from me, it was really eye opening. And that's something that I never want to happen again. I realized that that's really why I'm a wrestler. It's not for the wrestling. It's for the creative aspect of it and, and creating a character and just totally diving into that head first. And, and, um, when I've had conversations with people in the past couple of weeks about going to these different companies, you know, that's one thing that I, I continue to, to really harp on is I just need people to trust me and my instincts and my ideas and, and these, these ideas that I have for characters, because I just haven't had that trust in the past few years. So, and I think everyone understands that and, and they do trust me. I, I feel like before I went to WWE, the companies really had a lot of faith in me and I built up a good rapport and I think I can get that back with everyone. So ultimately at the end of the day, I'm a civilian doing a podcast speculating and I'm lucky to have a bunch of people around me who make me feel more important. You spend a cup of coffee with your your relationship partner, Matt, who we'll never have on the podcast because we like you better. Uh, so you get up there you're with him for a cup of coffee then he goes and you're still up there is working for the and i know you're under a 90 day no compete so maybe you can't answer this the way you might want or you maybe you can is working close or around the same company with matt something that's important to you no i'll be honest no yeah, like matt yeah hey. wow so he came in for a question, but anyways, go on, uh, Chelsea. So by, we'll, we'll... So by the uh, way, for people listening at home on the podcast, Dimitri Young, former MLB vet, two-time two -time MLB All-Star, former comeback player of the year, head coach, Dimitri Young is on the podcast here with Chelsea Green. Dimitri Young. Oh, thank you. Thank you, guys. Chelsea Green, oh, my God. The hot mess herself. I know y'all probably already talked about it. Oh, yeah. Well, I absolutely love you as Laurel Van Ness. And when you became the hot mess after the great old failed marriage and you just was all over the place, the lipstick, the strip, that, that jacket. Oh, my God. It's a pleasure to meet you. Wow. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. The energy you just brought. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. She was, just, she was just answering a question about how she doesn't want to wrestle anywhere that her husband wrestles. <laughs> 
It's, yeah, that, uh... is, that, that is definitely not my priority. Um, and honestly, it's not his because like I said, we have just been so separate and our relationship is just not at all based on that. Okay, would it be nice to drive in the same car to work or stay at the same hotel? Totally. But also I'm absolutely not basing any decisions off of where he is. If I did that, like that would be insane. You know what I mean? But I think, I think it would be awesome if we did end up, you know, in the future somewhere together. I just don't think it's necessary right now. Dimitri, you have the next 19 questions. <laughs> well, seeing that um, he's big into toys and collectibles and things to that nature, um, does the apple fall far from the tree? Is that the reason why y'all do you have um, action or Barbie dolls or anything like that? <laughs> Barbie dolls. <laughs> I, I promise you, I do not. And also, I'm very much not a hoarder and not a collector. I'm the opposite. I'm constantly cleaning and donating. And the, <laughs> the collector thing, I just cannot relate to. I'm like, go do your thing in your little toy room, but it's not for me. So so are you like, um, what's the woman's character uh, from 40-Year-Old um, Virgin? <laughs> are you like her and, 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 and Mark is... <laughs> He's yes. Steve Carell's character. Yes, that's perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to I want to dive into Dimitri. We'll come back to you, but I want to dive into okay. prior to wrestling. Okay. So, like, what did you do prior to wrestling? Like, I remember watching uh, or or seeing uh, on one of your like Instagram posts or whatever. I think you were like in a, like a a Hooters outfit or something like that. Did you used to work at Hooters? Or, like, what would you do before you became a wrestler? I had a lot of really fun jobs in Canada. Um, I, so I, I worked at, at a bar called Cowboys, which is a nightclub um, that compares to the movie Coyote Ugly. We got up on the bar and we, you know, sprayed water on everyone and we line danced and all that. Um, so I did that. I, I traveled around the world and I worked at Hooters in Australia. Um, I kind of tried to check things off my bucket list in that sense too. Like, um, I did, uh, personal training in, in Vancouver, all sorts of kind of like fun things, but nothing that truly led, led me to wrestling. I was always into sports and all that. And I'm kind of, I'm just into adventure and trying new things and doing things that people don't think I can do. And I think that's really what led me to wrestling, but, but nothing that I can truly say, you know, I didn't go from college wrestling or anything into yeah. WWE style wrestling. Wait, wait, Did you always want to be a wrestler? Like when you were growing up or was it just? So no, actually I was living in Calgary, um, working at uh, an Irish pub at the time and going to school for kinesiology and stuff like that. And um, I was procrastinating doing my homework and turned on the TV and raw was on. And I was watching a, a match with, I can't remember who it was, but I remember uh, Nikki Bella was in it. And I was like, hmm, I think I could do that. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. I Googled, I Googled how to be a WWE diva. And within a week, I was at Lance Storm School 10 minutes down the road training and decided I was going to be in the WWE. And there's nobody could change my mind at that point. Amazing. I mean, if it were that easy, well, you made it. I know. Well, you that's made it that easy. 
that's like the craziest thing is like I had I had so many experiences in like wrestling that I truly or so many things handed to me that I didn't deserve at the time. Now, now looking back, I, I'm so glad I, I had those things. You know, when I, when I Googled this and found out Lance's school was 10 minutes away, like, did I truly deserve to, to have a, a, an amazing wrestling school 10 minutes away? Absolutely not. And then did I deserve to be on Monday night raw cutting? I, I had never even held a microphone when I cut a promo on Monday night raw six months later after stepping in the ring for the first time, like all these things happen so soon. Now I'm like, well, I'm, I'm seven years in. I, I feel good. Like I've been able to do it all kind of thing, but I got all these opportunities handed to me so quickly. And I was just so lucky. And a lot of people are not that lucky. And I know that. Yeah. How much time do you spend brainstorming the evolution of you as a wrestling character, we talked a lot about the hot mess and how that became. We haven't quite talked a little bit about the Chelsea Green and how she became and how we haven't seen the evolution of her at X NXT. Do you feel like that's an opportunity to bring what you wanted, the NXT version of you, onto the indies or whatever company you go to next? Yeah, I'm definitely not taking this lightly. Um, I, I've spent and I'm going to continue to spend the next two months um, thinking about that and thinking how I want to present myself, you know, the hot mess is my baby. And so when I repackage the hot mess, it has to be perfect because we've all had this image in our head of, you know, it's kind of like when you have the best movie ever and they come back for a sequel, it's like, Oh God, I hope it's just as good. And a lot of times it's not. And I'm just trying to repackage it in the best, most current way that I possibly can that works for all the companies right now and for TV and for how realistic wrestling has become, you know? Um, so that's, that's really what I'm trying to focus on now. And, and, you know, I go back and forth between what that looks like. I'm sorry, guys. And last thing before I bail out of here, we've tweeted it back and forth a few times. You have the plate in your forum, like Lex Luger did. If you're not doing some sort of like clothesline from hell to somebody with the forearm plate in your arm where they in wcw where they always made it oh he's got the four plate in the forearm that's a foreign object if you're not doing that you're cheating yourself well i have bad news for you it it got removed shh, shh. oh we're we are cutting this out no cell, no cell. yeah yeah Bro. cut that out cut that out and then i'll start learning how to do um yeah. left Yes, you have some sort of hey from here. Oh, hold on a second, hold on a second. The bit, the hot mess express. Oh, oh. I mean, yes, just hire me, Chelsea. I got ideas. Like, listen, you know, you could start a stable <laughs> with the hot mess, you can have the bridesmaids, oh. you know, you know, they, who could just be as bad. You can give them little nicknames, like whatever it may be. You know what I mean? Not as the responsible one. Maybe it's the, you know, I don't know. You, you know, does Oh, I love that. I mean. Hot Mess Express. I so. Hey, is, is there a guy version of the hot mess? Can we make one of those two part of the stage? Absolutely, statement? absolutely. The, the got, hot mess is gender fluid. It can be anyone. <laughs> we call Dimitri, it Canada. Hey, Dimitri, his name is Dennis Farrell. <laughs> oh. I'm okay he's, with that. He's right there. Oh. Yeah. Sadly, I'm all right with that. That's the nicest thing you said to me tonight. 
Well, I was kind of looking at my shirt and I realized it's kind of like a Hooters shirt. It is. Dude. I thought that. But well, yeah, here's my shirt tonight. You know what you got? Mutt's good. Mutt cuts. All right. <laughs> but you know, I've, and everybody knows I've only been to Hooters because of the chicken wings. So, yeah. <laughs> but that I address. Can I steal a Petey Williams question here? And uh, can you talk about maybe one of your first few matches in the ring? Oh, oh man. <laughs> oh, man. People well, ask that question. Oh, man. They're just I, like, the funny thing is, is that I really didn't know more than about two moves for like my first two years of my wrestling career. And I just tried to get those down. And, and that was like, it's now when I look back, it's so funny watching them because I just had no idea what I was doing. But I think that's the best part is like, I was not afraid to look like a fool or to fail. And I, I go back and I talk to a couple of like the girls that I worked with in ECCW, which is a promotion on the West coast of Canada. And they remember like the three moves, the two, three moves that I did. Cause I, I just didn't know anything else or any better. Um, but I, I love that it was in a time like when we had social media. So, you know, I'll forever have these videos and pictures that all my friends and family took, but God, it was so bad. Well, thanks for stealing my question, Dennis, but Welcome. so <laughs> for my last question, cause I, I know we have to uh, start wrapping this up. Um, okay. It's been about, uh, it's been three and a half years now, uh, since you won, um, you know, the knockouts championship and stuff, but you know, you left shortly after that. So uh, I guess uh, maybe you still can't talk about it, but like what, what happened? Like, you know, you win the knockouts championship and then it's like, okay, you leave shortly after, like, was your contract up or was, uh, you know, like, was there, you already knew there was interest from WWE and you're like, you know, I have to try going to the next level. Like, uh, what, what happened with that? Okay. So the funny thing is, is, is like a lot of people speculated what had happened and nobody actually asked me. So WWE had never spoken to me. I definitely thought at that time that they would hire me, but they didn't. If, if you remember the timeline correctly, I actually didn't go from Impact to um, WWE. I went to Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground, yeah. Yeah, because WWE didn't, didn't want me at the time and, and told me that after I had quit Impact, which was, a, it was really heartbreaking. But I had originally, what had happened was I was coming up on two years at Impact. I think it was a, about a year and a half. Um, and I was really, really struggling financially. I was just not in a good place because I had spent all my money getting a visa and I was flying back and forth and, you know, trying to look like a superstar. And I just, it was really, really hard. And so I had decided, okay, you know what? I've done a lot of awesome things in this company. I had the wedding. I've, I've been the hot mess. I'm slowly, I was slowly starting to evolve out of the, of the dress and, and get back into gear, but keep the face and, and evolve the hot mess into something else. And I just thought, I really don't want to be the last one at this party. Like, I think I just want to leave the party before the party kicks me out. And once I'm one of those people, I make a decision and I can't, I can't go back on it. Like once I have that in my mind, I can't go back. And so I had kind of vocalized that to my girlfriend, Mackenzie Mitchell, who was a backstage announcer at the time, yeah. going into the Ottawa tapings. Now, I wasn't supposed to win that title at the Ottawa tapings. I know. 
that was not supposed to happen. So, you know, like when I had decided that, that wasn't even on my radar as a, a thing that could, that was even potential. And I was okay with that. I never thought in my time at Impact that I deserved the title because I was so new to wrestling and I was truly just learning how to be a TV wrestler while I was there. So I went into that tapings knowing that this was going to be not my last tapings, but this was going to be the tapings that I tell them I, I, I need to like, you know, give my notice kind of thing. And I was going to wait until the last day. And I won the title on like the second to last day. <laughs> and when they told me, I was like, holy shit. Like there, my mind was blown. They told me three times before I realized that they were telling me I was winning the title. They told me, I think, like three, two times I was winning it and then nothing happened. And I think they expected something to happen, you know, like a nice, like, oh my God, yay. But I didn't know that that's what they were telling me. And then they said, okay, Chelsea, do you, do you know what we're saying? You need to go out there and you need to get your beauty shot. And I was like, okay, I'll get the beauty shot. Like, okay. You know, you need to stand there and make sure you, you know, and I'm like, okay, so, okay. I'll hold my hands up. Like, what is going on? And then someone said like, no, Chelsea, grab the title. Make sure you have a beauty shot with the title. And I was like, oh shit. Oh my God. Wait, what? Oh, wow. Okay. So then I told myself all day, you know what? They're giving me this huge opportunity. They've had all this faith in me. I, I need to like do them proud. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And then we'll just see where this goes. Like maybe I lose the title the next day. Maybe I don't, who knows? And after I won, I went home or to the hotel and I was up all night. I think I sent that email saying that I, I'm sorry, but I have to, I have to tell you guys, I, I can't be with this company any longer at like three in the morning because I truly was just like, it was weighing on me and I needed them to know that they gave me something so precious. And it was just, I was already checked out. And it, we had a really good conversation the next day about it. And I told them like, whatever your plans are, I will go through with this. I will like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like shit talk you. I have no ill will. I just, it's my time. And I already knew that. And I shouldn't have even accepted this last night. So they were really good. Like, I think I did one more set of tapings and they, they asked me if I could do two more sets before I dropped the title. I said, yes. And then they actually let me out that next set. And I had an awesome feud with Allie, which I loved. And I was happy I got to drop it to her, but I felt really guilty, like seeing all these really negative things on the dirt sheets about me winning the title and then leaving because I knew my intentions weren't that way, but I also knew that that's just the way it came off. And I wasn't going to be able to change people's opinions on that, you know, but that's just who I am. Once I make a decision, I follow through with it. And I, I tried not to, but I, I had to. Lars, Dimitri, I'm going to go last with my question on this podcast, but Lars, you go first, Dimitri, you're next, and then I'll wrap it up. Well, you know what? I want to give Dimitri my question um, because I, we've, I've had enough time uh, with Chelsea, and I know Dimitri's really excited to be here. So Chelsea, I just want to say thank you for your time. Thanks for making it, and it was really awesome to meet you. And Dimitri Young, two in a row, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know what's been asked. I'm a head coach of high school now, high school baseball. And so 
I have to attend to my students and stuff. That's why I was tardy tonight. So I apologize for that. But I don't know what's been covered. Have y'all talked about the tough enough stuff? Nope. That's what I want to know about. I want to know about your experience with tough enough and how, because I know, didn't you have some sort of injury that forced you out? So I ended up um, in one of the challenges falling and spraining my ankle. And I ended up getting kicked out. Yes, kind of because of it, but not really. I mean, not really. It was, you know, all fan votes and stuff like that. And unfortunately, because you probably know, I came in a couple weeks in halfway through and yes. people, people just had, they didn't get to know me. Like they had got to know everybody else. How can you win fan votes when nobody knows who you are and you're just tossed into this fan voting system? It was very strange, um, but I took the opportunity and tried to run with it as best I could. If, if I could do it over again, there's so many things I would do different and I would totally apply being a character and being a, a wrestling character to the reality TV experience. But I didn't know that at the time. And now I would do that. So you're saying that because I remember when you came in, because I watched that entire, it was on USA Network and, and uh, who was the, the girl that wound up quitting? Because she wound up leaving. Um, yeah, Diana. Yeah, and then you came in and and I just did did you were you buddies with anybody that was part of it like Mandy Rose or or the the eventual winner Sarah? I would say I was actually friends with everybody because at the tryout I was one of I believe only two girls that were wrestlers and so and because I can't stop talking and I tell everyone all my stories like they felt really comfortable to come up to me and and ask me how to do things or ask me how WWE worked. And, and because I think that was my second tryout when I, when I did the tough enough, tough enough tryout, that was my second WWE tryout. So I had done that process before. So I really made so many friends just at the tryout. And then I was picked as an extra. And so what you guys didn't see is that the first week of tough enough that they filmed, I was there. I was just not there. So I was still with the cast and seeing them and, and things like that and, and friends with them all, but you guys just didn't see me. So when I came back and I believe the first day I had to kind of like act a little heelish, we were all excited to see each other. <laughs> so it was not at all like that. It was like so exciting that I like got this opportunity and they were excited for me because they knew that I really, I was the only wrestler and wanted it. There are four founding mem members of the CDC, the Canadian Destroyer Club. It's Chelsea CDC. Green, PD Willie. You like that? I've got shirts made. We're going to have streamers. It's a party. We're going to meet every six months. Lee <laughs> Williams, Chelsea <laughs> Green, Lars Fredrickson, Dennis Farrell. Guys, should we put it to an open vote to allow Dimitri Young into this club? Because he is late. I know we said at the beginning, punctuation is something in this club that we get to take very seriously chelsea i mean guys we now have uh, you doing this to me like this dennis well hang on man i i got full confidence in you right just let me take just go with this ride with me all right buddy because we said earlier that we wish you were here to invite you into the club so just uh, i figure I, you know i've already given him an extra question i mean haven't i done enough you you have now <laughs> it falls on the shoulders of the only two people to deliver 
the Canadian destroyers now. That guys, I thought I was going to practice on my nine-year-old. You guys got to give me an opportunity. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it. And hopefully <laughs> protection doesn't come over. I'm that- voting yes for Dimitri. It sounds like Var- Lars is voting yes. Now, I'm, I'm, of course, yes. PD, Chelsea, you guys hold two extra votes because you've actually done it. Should we let Dimitri into the club? Uh, You know. I know. I know, man. You of course we will. Come on, man. Dimitri. <laughs> He's a hot mess fan. <laughs> so there's five. We're the only five people now, right? You didn't have to add fan. <laughs> yeah, I guess for my real question to wrap this up, and it's going to be a softball, who delivers outside of PD Williams and yourself? Your favorite Canadian destroyer. Okay, I thought about it, and I wanted to say Pentagon, but I'm not going to. Okay, thank you. Um, Good. yeah, I'm gonna say Adam Cole. Ooh, Ooh. why? Yeah. Break down his Canadian destroyer to us. I mean, here's the thing. I just think he hits, he hits everything with what's the word I'm looking for? Pizzazz. No, like. Like a meaning, like he he means to do every. There's a reason behind. Yeah, there's no wasted movement. Yes, that's exactly it. With everything he does in wrestling, I so respect him, and I think that every time that he hits something like the Canadian Destroyer that has that meaning behind it, he he makes it matter, and you believe you believe that that is going to be the last move of the match, no matter what. And I respect that. That's the way the, the Canadian destroyer, the CDC should be used. I like <laughs> I think we meet back here in two months and we each bring three names that should be nominated to be allowed to use it. Cause two people, there's only two people in the whole wrestling industry that are allowed to use the Canadian destroyer. And they're both here, Chelsea Green, PD Williams. We need to invite one more member into the club, guys. We should we should sit down and brainstorm. This is a heavy thing. Don't take your responsibilities lightly here, guys. Uh, I'm still thinking on it, Dennis. It's been two years, and maybe one day I'll, you know, make the decision. <laughs> All right, but hey, Chelsea. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 Pete. What? Let's talk about the Hot Mess Podcast real quick. The- yeah, I was gonna say, where can, well, like, wait, you know, let's talk about the podcast. Real quick. <laughs> oh shit. All right. You're three episodes in. I love all three episodes. You are on my iTunes must listen to list. I We make sure we tweet and we promote you all the time because we're a fan of what you're doing. I personally love the podcast. Let's talk a little bit about the podcast because people need to subscribe real quick. I know they really do. And you guys, okay, so it's called 50 Shades of Green and I am not pigeonholing myself into just wrestling i'm talking about a little bit of everything um i've got all my ridiculous hot mess puns so i've got like my hot messages where people can ask me q a's i've got hot off the mess like hot off the press i've got my messy moments i just talk about everything i have so many ridiculous embarrassing stories um so i'm definitely trying to share those with everybody as well as incorporating a little bit of wrestling into it so um you know and hopefully as this evolves, people tell me what they want to hear and what they want to see from me. And, you know, I'll just, I'll continue to deliver that hopefully. So, oh, and you can um, follow the podcast at 50 shades pod because I don't really have that many followers, but I'm really working on it. That's awesome. And uh, we're about to- you know what, Dennis, I'm surprised that 
D-Mac didn't try and sue for that name, Fifty Shades of Green. <laughs> we love you, Darren McCarty. Uh, first of all, we want to apologize to Matt Cordova. Uh, we have to bump Cordova. 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 Cordona. He said Cordona. Listen, I'm messing his name up on purpose. No, you're not. We have to pump him tonight. <laughs> we ran out of time because we have Chelsea Green on. Matt, one day we will get you on the podcast. We promise. I know you've been emailing PD, texting him, tweeting him, smoke signaling him to get on. You will be on. We promise. But now we're obligated not to let you on within what six months of Chelsea Green? Is that the yeah no compete clause? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ninety days. Yeah. <laughs> Chelsea, thank you so much for hanging out. Well, he's obviously sitting back uh, collecting Chelsea's paycheck. So why would he need to go? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Believe it or not, guys, he's actually off left center of the screen. He's not allowed on the podcast. So he's just sitting off to the sides, pouting. So. Is he playing right with here? his action figures? <laughs> just playing, sitting right at the counter beside me. Just. <laughs> yeah. That is P.D. Williams all taking the pin, right? Is that See, that's what? the thing. If I was there, I'd just doing that with him. See, that's the worst part about him, though. I'm, I'm as much of a nerd for toys as he is. It's oh, you're one of them. We call those big nerds. Yeah, so big when nerds. my husband's like you, she owns nothing, and she wants me to clear out the house. So it's like. Yeah, well, tell her. We'll join. She can join my home edit club. So for everybody at home. The podcast is over for us. We're going to say our goodbyes off the air, and we'll still geek out over Chelsea for at least three more minutes that you guys don't get to hear, but that's our little secret. It's the wrestling perspective. Make sure you go follow Chelsea. Everything she does is amazing. I love the podcast. I love following her on Twitter. She is truly a salt-of-the-earth person who, even when she didn't have to, she's answered every single one of my DMs and tweets. Same thing with Petey. And after this, hopefully you guys are more fans of her than we are because we love you here, Chelsea. Oh, thank you guys for having me. And you know what? You kept me up way past my bedtime, but I wouldn't do it for anyone else but you guys. Hey. Hot mess, hot mess, hot mess, hot mess, hot mess. <laughs> and with this, I conclude the CDC, the Canadian Destroyer Club, has adjourned. Thank you guys. Have a good night.